Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to today's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. As always, we're thrilled that you are along for the journey with us. And we're all about encouraging and equipping church leaders to be disciples and make disciples. And we believe today's conversation is going to do that. Before we get to the conversation, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. You can certainly rate and review it on podcast listening apps as well. Uh, that helps us get the word out about um, you know what we do and encourage more people. So you can always share it too. We encourage you on social media to share maybe this episode. If it if if this episode uh, you know hits you just right and if it, it applies to you and it speaks to you and encourages you, make sure you share that with others as well. Now here is today's conversation. We are so happy to have a great friend and a return guest on the podcast this week. Uh, Mark and I have been excited about having Cody Hale back sometime, and it worked out where his schedule allowed for him to join us this week on the podcast. Uh, Cody serves as the lead pastor of Iron City Baptist Church in the Anniston, Alabama area. Uh, we've known Cody for a while, and we're excited to just jump in today and talk about some things that we think will be helpful to you as you lead in the local church. So, Cody, thank you for joining us this week. Man, I'm excited. I, I love you guys, and I'm just I'm happy to have fun. Uh, this is a great way to start a Wednesday. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. At, at least it's Wednesday where we are. It may not be Wednesday where that's where right. That's right. When they listen. That's right. Well, you know, this is actually your first solo. Uh, episode. I think you've been on a couple podcasts where there's been panels and groups, but your first solo way overdue. But um, yeah, I, I'm as Andy, try not to crash the plane. <laughs> as Andy said, I'm glad that you were able to clear out a few minutes for for us because um, I know you're really um, you're really important. So <laughs> we thank you for being here. <laughs> that no, is we're, funny. we're just messing with you. All right, so um, we like to mess with Cody because. Um, what we've discovered is we, we are kind of, you know, we're made cut from the same cloth, uh, even though Cody, you know, isn't quite as ancient as we are, but <laughs> what we have noticed Cody about you and your personality, your leadership, but also your church, your staff, the culture that you've built, it is a really strong, healthy culture. In fact, I would say, um, and I don't know if I've told you this, but I would say, of all the churches that I've seen and experienced, I would say the culture that you have created and built and maintained at your church is probably the most healthy culture that I've seen in a really long time. And so we want to talk about that a little bit. Um, talk to us about maybe, you know, the culture that you, you have experienced and that really you have led your church to create there at Iron City. Well, that's, that's really kind of you to say. Um, I, I don't know if we're the most healthy, but I will say we have a lot of fun. And <laughs> we have taken culture uh, very seriously. We have worked very intentionally and diligently to that end. Uh, and we guard it really ferociously. Um, but I would say as a church, we really aim at being a place that's a refuge, a place that's a respite. We aim at being a place that's joyful. Like We want when people come to Iron City, this to be the single most joyful place they are all week long. I mean, they're, they're in tough family situations and tough job situations. And we want this to be a place that is joyful, but we don't just want that for uh, our congregants. We want that for our staff. And so we really work hard 
to develop that among our staff. And so there are three phrases that we talk about a lot uh, as a staff. We want to love hard, we want to work hard, and we want to play hard. Um, and if you hang out with us, you'll know that we're, we're, we're a few, we're folks that like to have a good time and, and enjoy each other. And we are convinced that as our staff and our, as our elders, we have the same philosophy with our elders, that that really distributes throughout the whole congregation, permeates the whole congregation. That's what, and that's what we've seen. Um, is we're the kind of people that people come and they don't really know, you know, what, what story we're going to tell them or what joke we're going to tell them or, or, or whatever. But what they know is, is that we're just going to be regular guys and we're, or, and, 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 and women uh, and we're going to have fun and we're going to take the pursuit of Jesus really, really seriously. And so, yeah, so culture has been and it's been a very slow process for us. So, you know, what you see now is the result of nine years of, mm. of plowing and working and you know it, it really took us a long time and, and we messed it up quite a bit um, but really around year six we saw just a turn the corner and it's been really really remarkable just to see what God has done and, and that's the stories that we hear when people come in they talk about man this place is just life-giving to us and this is we've just kind of been looking for something like this and and that's those are the stories that indicate to us that our culture is headed in the right direction, that it's accomplishing what we want to want it to accomplish. Uh, and our staff guys, you know, they, they've had opportunities to go and do other things, but they want to be here. Like this is this is the place they want to be. And again, that's just another one of those indicators for us that the culture is really heading in the direction that we want it to be. You probably need to add another one. Love hard, work hard, play hard and laugh hard because that that's is true. no doubt. <laughs> we laugh a lot. And we laugh a lot as a congregation. You know, we laugh a lot as a staff. If you come to one of our elders meetings, I mean, you just don't know what you're going to hear. Um, but we laugh a lot as a congregation. I mean, we really do. We, we, we try to just, we, we take the worship of God seriously. We take the, the word of God seriously. I mean, you're not coming to a comedy show. I don't want to give the, the wrong impression. But interpersonally, we laugh a lot. And it's just, it's just part of who we are. And I do think that's true. And it reflects your staff because, you know, <laughs> We've heard stories of pranks that staff are pulling on other staff. And I'm, that's, to me, that is a great indicator of a healthy culture. It really is. So, yeah. Well, Cody, I know being around you guys also, like Mark mentioned, I, I would completely agree with what Mark says. And that's not just to, to pat you on the back or to, to, to brag on you, but to brag on how God has blessed uh, the ministry there at your church and the culture you guys have built. And we know that has not happened by accident. Uh, we know, obviously, it's God's plan, but you guys have worked hard to kind of stay out of God's way and let him accomplish some things. And uh, there may be some people watching or listening today, and maybe they are struggling. Maybe they have uh, uh, just the stagnant sense of we're not getting anywhere, we're not accomplishing anything, or maybe there's uh, there's animosity between key leaders in the church, or, or maybe there's there's decline, uh, and just the health is not there that the church wants. Or maybe it's somebody, maybe kind of in a new position, and they don't they don't know which end to grab or where to start. Would you give anybody a little bit of direction or encouragement based on what you've experienced to kind of uh, push the ball down the field a little bit and, and work towards having a healthy culture in a church? Yeah, Andy. So I, th I think it, to be able to have a healthy culture, you have to aim at it very specifically and very intentionally. It doesn't happen by accident. You don't you don't drift into a healthy culture. 
And in my conversations and in my personal experience, very few uh, pastors have been in churches with healthy culture. And so a lot of times they don't really know what it even looks like. They, they desire it. They want it. But they may it feels nebulous. It feels abstract. Um, and so you have to have an idea of exactly who do I want our church to be? What do I want the culture to be like on the staff? What do I want the culture to be like among my leaders? And what do I want the culture to be like for the membership at large? And so for us, I've really hung this on on three things, but it starts with it started for me personally with my personal mission statement. So I have a mission statement that is for my ministry directly. That's a little bit distinct from our church's broader mission statement, just something that I believe that God has uniquely equipped and wired me and burdened me with for the purpose of my ministry. So my personal mission statement is to make disciples who flourish in a disordered world by abiding in Christ, loving their neighbor, neighbor and going to the nations. So th that's what I aim to do. That, that's what drives me. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. That's what, that's the reason I'm a biblical counseling concentration in my MDiv. Like th that's what gets me out of bed. And, and so because I understand the complexity of human experience and the disorder of the world, that means culture is a battle, right? Like that means culture is a battle. That means it doesn't come naturally. That means that there's a lot of, uh, of spiritual battles that are happening that we can't see or, or even perceive that are at war with our culture, trying to upend the good things that we're, we're doing. And so we've really decided that to have that kind of culture where we can flourish in a disordered world by making disciples who are abiding in Christ and uh, loving their neighbor and going to the nations that we want to start first of all with an abiding culture. So I, I think for me, my reflex when I came to Iron City nine years ago was first to develop a strategy, um, to, to de decide all the things that we need to do. And I think that's the impulse of most leaders, but I actually think that's contra Christianity. Um, th that Christianity is an abide first, be first faith then you do. You be, then you do. You abide, then you obey and bear fruit, right? Um, and, and so I think that if we want to have the kind of leadership culture, and we want to ha have the kinds of churches that are not built just on business models, that are not reflective of other faith traditions, but are, is distinctly Christian, it starts with who we are. Who we are has to drive what we do. Who we are has to make the de decisions for our strategy. But if we spend all of our time focused on strategy and not focused on on who we are, then fundamentally, fundamentally, we're not going to be focused on the culture. We're going to be focused on the task and the task can actually upend the culture. And so just some examples of what that means for us um, is, first of all, it means that we're never going to guilt people. That, that, that's, that's been a part of our culture from the beginning, that we're not going to shame our congregation into giving. We're not going to shame our congregation I'm not going to shame my staff into being sacrificial. That, that's not who we're going to be. We're going to be a grace-driven people. Like that, that is going, we're going to be a grace-driven staff. That I want my people to give because they love Jesus. I want my staff to work hard because they love Jesus. I, I want personally to come to the office every day. I want, to, I, I want to be the kind of guy that wakes up early and stays late and does all of these things, not under some sense of compulsion, but out of passion and out of zeal. So, so that has to begin with this abiding reality that my first priority is who I am in Christ, who Christ has made me to be, who Christ has called me to be, who Christ allows me to be. Like that has to be what wakes us up in the morning. And that's what has to be. That's how we have to come together as a congregation. One of the ways that we 
perpetuate this throughout our uh, congregation at large is we do the same call to worship every single uh, every single Sunday. And I think Andy, when you came to preach for us, you probably heard that. And it's not original to me. I got it from Ray Ortland, and he got it from Presbyterian Church, and like it's, so it's not original to any of us. But very often, people in our congregation when they come, it's the first thing that they notice because it's so strange. Like very few churches start like in that way, right? And it's the same thing every week. But we explained in our, our new vision class that the reason that we start every week talking about people that are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, people that feel like failures, people that feel ashamed, people that have sinned, the reason that we talk about Jesus being the friend of sinners and, and the ally of his in all those things every single Sunday is we want to reset and we want to remind this is who we are and mm. this is why we're here and this is what we're accomplishing. So we, we want to start with this sense of abiding. Secondly, for us, it's that we want to be a servant first culture. So it's, it starts with an abiding culture, then it's a servant first culture. Um, that as leaders specifically, we want to go in the model of Jesus to set the pace, to model humility, to be the first people to roll up the sleeves. The way that I, I frame it up with our staff and the way that I frame it up with our elders is I have to, I've had to learn a long time ago, I'm not the savior of the church. So, so it's not my responsibility to save the church, not our staff's responsibility to save the church. And that in and of itself creates a life-giving culture. But I am called to lay down my life for the church. Right. So there's that balance. Uh, Christopher Ash in his book, Zeal Without Burnout, really helped me understand. He, he talks about the importance of a life of sustainable sacrifice. Mm. And so that's what we call for among our congregation. That's what we call for among our elders. That's what we call for among our staff. And then finally, uh, for us, it's a disciple making culture. And I know this really gets into you guys' uh, sweet spot. But I'm convinced, I'm convinced that the healthiest churches and the healthiest pastors and the healthiest staffs are driven by a disciple-making uh, culture, which in my mind means that it's not just the ends of making disciples that builds healthy churches. It's the means, it, it, it's, it's the process of making healthy disciples, that it actually decentralizes from the pastor. It gets it into the hands of the people. You're, you're moving people down the, the process of maturity and up the pipeline of leadership. That's Etheridge, right, that we, we learned about not that long ago. Um, it's a process of investing and empowering, and, and, but it also brings accountability. You know, like I, I don't want to have this perception that we laugh all the time and there's no accountability, but accountability happens best, happens best inside of the kinds of relationships where you can laugh together and say, hey, brother, let me, can I ask you about this? Can, can you help me to understand what went on in, in this particular instance? And so this disciple-making culture actually facilitates both the growth of your staff, the growth of your elders, the growth of your leaders, the growth of your, your church, and it facilitates a healthy system of accountability. So, for instance, for us, one of the ways that that's come to, to bear in my mind is I've made the decision that before I am the supervisor of my staff, before I am the leader of my elders, I am their pastor and their disciple maker. Mm. That I'm pastor and disciple maker first. I am, I am their supervisor and I am the office manager. I am those things, right? Like that's one of the things that I've been charged with to do. But that's not who I am preeminently. Mm. That's not who I'm going to be primarily. And that's not the way I'm going to relate to my staff primarily. Primarily, I'm going to be an investor in their lives. Primarily, I'm going to pastor and shepherd them through hard times. And I think those small switches, those, those small uh, changes of thinking really help to establish an intentional and healthy culture. Mm, man, that's awesome. That's fire. Straight fire. That is fantastic. I, I think that, that, that would make a great book, just saying. So, uh, <laughs> but we can't talk about that right now. So here's what I want to ask you as a follow-up to that. 
let's say, you know, I think most people watching and listening strive to have that. They want to have that. We want to have that kind of culture in our church or organization. But let's say we do have somewhat healthy church. Okay. We have a somewhat healthy culture in, in the group we're leading. The next question is how do we keep it? Right. I mean, cause we, we, you're always going to hire new people. You're going to call new staff members. You're going to have to replace others that, that exit and depart, even though hopefully that's not much, you know, one good thing about our, our culture at our, our church is we've, we've had the same staff now for a year and um, and you know, it's, it's the tightest staff I've ever been a part of, but you know, the reality is one day God may call one of those to another place and we're going to bless them and export them and, and, and pray that God uses them as a missionary from, from our church. But that means we have to replace them. And man, that's potential to really upset the whole thing, right? Because you've worked hard at building and creating this culture. And then somebody comes in, it's not a part of that culture. So how do you maintain that as you grow and as you change? Yeah, I think I think that's one of the biggest questions that we have to ask when it comes to culture. And it's actually why it's so fresh on my mind right now. So our team has been expanding over the last year, and we know it's going to be expanding into to the new year. Those conversations have already happened among our leadership. And so these are the questions that we're asking in that. So we've, we've been in a really exciting season. But we also understand that one misstep, we can submarine this thing mm-hmm. and, and, and we can we can take it down. And, and I've, I've witnessed that firsthand. And so we've been reverse engineering a lot to try to figure out exactly, because first of all, Mark, to get to what you're saying, help, one of the benefits of healthy cultures, it creates credibility with mm. your people, right? They trust you and you trust them. There's that relationship between the staff and the leaders and the congregation, maybe not staff, but leaders in the congregation. But the other part of that is healthy culture creates continuity because it's a place people want to be. It's a place staff members want to be. And continuity is needed for, for, for healthy churches. I've heard it said, I, I wish I could remember the quote, but I've never forgotten this, that unhealthy cultures squeeze out healthy leaders mm. and healthy cultures squeeze out unhealthy leaders. And that's the kind of place that we want to be. And so we've been thinking a lot. And so like, if, if I were to look at hiring specifically, and, and, and honestly, we try to approach, make the same approach, whether we're talking about a volunteer team lead all the way up to a senior staff position, okay? We've built it on four Cs. And again, this this came over over time. And and actually I also use these same four Cs to structure our staff meetings, because again, I want to defend the culture. So these four Cs are the process that I go through in hiring or recruiting a key leader. And it's also the four Cs that I use to structure our staff meetings every Thursday so that we can perpetuate what we began, right? So the four Cs that we use are, are and, and they're in order. First is character. I need a high care. I need high character men and women on my team. High character P- people that you can trust what they say. People who will do what they say. People who are, are self starters. People who are driven. People who um, who are dependable. Who are consistent. People who love God. Right? Like people who love God. It's it's very some uh, very simple. But we often take for granted that everybody has a passion and a love for Jesus and. If you've worked in, you know, I'm in, I've been on church staff for 17 years, and I've experienced times in which people have, were high influencers that didn't love God, uh, and it was quite clear, clearly that they didn't love God. And nothing creates a toxic culture more than that, right? So, so it starts with character, and these are this is exactly the way that Paul frames it up for Timothy and for Titus too, and as he's talking about elders, right? So it starts with character, and then the second question that I ask is culture, and, and what I mean by that when I'm hiring is personality. Mm-hmm. Do they fit, do, 
does the personality of the person fit the ethos of our staff? Does it fit the ethos of our church? That you can have a high character person that loves God. It's just a bad fit for your, for your culture. It's just a bad fit for your church. And it doesn't mean that they're in sin. It doesn't mean that they're unfaithful brother or sister in Christ. It just means that they're just not the right fit. And that's okay. Um, and, and, and you can actually still learn from one another and benefit from one another in a lot of important ways. Um, and then the third uh, C that I ask is capacity. Capacity. Um, I, I want to know, is this a high capacity person? Is this the kind of person that can juggle a lot of spinning plates at the same time? Is this the kind of person that is going to be overwhelmed really easy emotionally? Is this the kind of person that is going to become really temperamental because they're, they're being, capacity figures into all of those things? And then the, the last thing that I actually look for is competency. It's not that competency is unimportant. It's just not most important. And I don't even think it's second or third most important because I actually believe that if culture is the, the starting line for you, that you can take someone who's high character and high capacity, that's a good fit within your culture, and you can train that person to have the competencies that you need for them to have. And so all of our staff at this point has come from within our church. They've been grown from within our church. And they've been people that over time have proven themselves to be high character, high capacity, fit with the culture. And we've trained them for the positions that we needed for them to, to fulfill. And they're hitting it out of the park, man. Like they are rock stars. They're rock stars. And many of them would have told you that when we came to them and, and proposed the job to them that we proposed that their first thought was, there's no way I can do that. I don't know how to do that. But they had the other three things, right? And so then we, we utilize that same philosophy in our staff meetings. So character every week, it, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about our marriages. We're going to talk about uh, quiet times. We're going to talk about where you are. It, it looks different each week, but some form of that, right? Culture every week, we're going to tell a story from within our church that shows the advancement of our culture or the championing of our culture, or maybe even the threat of our culture to our culture so that we can keep that front and center among our leaders capacity. That's really where we talk about the nuts and bolts, the calendar, all the things that we, we have going on, uh, and incompetency every week again, because I'm primarily a disciple maker. I want to make some investment in my staff so that they don't, they're not always just being poured out, pouring out without being poured into. I want to give them something substantial that helps them as a believer in Jesus, as a husband, as a leader, as a pastor. And so we use those four things to help establish, keep, protect, and perpetuate going forward. Well, Cody, a lot of our episodes that we've had on this podcast have some have been uh, refreshing for the soul where it's like sipping from a gently flowing stream. But today I feel as though it's been like a fire hydrant, <laughs> man. It <laughs> I don't has know just, that that's a good thing. That's no, awesome I'm just saying thing. there's just so much good stuff that's packed in this episode. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it several times. Uh, I've made notes the whole time you've been talking. Thank you for investing in us and sharing with us. And, uh, we we want to help cultures uh, become healthy just through the encouragement they receive conversations that Mark and I have with people. And we, we feel like that is spot on what has happened today. But just as we close, just one thing, just one takeaway that you could encourage maybe some pastor or church leader out there right now, maybe just one step they can take, one thing they could do. Uh, based on what we've talked about today, or maybe something you didn't mention today, that you can encourage a pastor or a church leader today so that uh, the culture in, in their church begins to shift or change or move in the direction where it needs to, to go to honor Jesus and to to help the people in that church. What would you say to somebody if they say, I just need 
one thing. Give me one clear thing. Yeah, I would say that the culture begins with the senior pastor and with the senior leader. And you may be in a situation where you feel completely overwhelmed and it seems hopeless for you to turn the culture. But there's one simple thing that I think that you can do that I learned many years ago that can enable the beginning of the turn of the culture. And that is in every interaction that you have, whether it's with a deacon or with a problem church member or a staff member, make it your goal in every conversation to breathe life into that person. That every person that you meet, regardless of how they're they're acting or treating you, they are a person that needs to be loved through Christ. And so finding a way to breathe life into that conversation. And if you breathe life in enough people, you're the kind of person that people want to be around. They want to be around people that breathe life into them. And as you breathe life into other people over time, that begins to trickle down throughout the church so that they begin to breathe life into one another. And when they begin to breathe life into one another, then, then that thing's turning. Amen. That's fantastic. That's awesome. That is. Cody, thank you so much again for spending a few minutes with us um, for the podcast. I mean, we spend time with each other anyway, but uh, thanks for doing it for the podcast. But today has been such a challenging and encouraging uh, time and conversation. And I know those watching and listening have been encouraged, certainly. And, uh, and we have too. So thank you so much for joining us again, Cody. Well, thank you guys. I love y'all so much. And I'm uh, thankful. I, I'm, I'm an avid listener, by the way. I'm an avid listener. And I get on, you guys know I get on Tim uh, because uh, this, the podcast has really been uh, beneficial for me. That's right. When he says Tim, he means my student pastor who for a long time did not listen to the podcast. But, but he, is, <laughs> he is an avid listener now well, as well. So he'll probably get a chuckle out of us calling him out. But again, thanks, Cody. And for the rest of you, we, we know that you've been encouraged and we'll see you next time. God bless you guys. Thank you for watching and listening. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.